weekend of watching the blackest, the most powerful, the most amazing, top grossing, super ass film, Black Panther. So we are back and excited. Yes, we are. It's another episode of Megan Shane. I'm Nick. My co-host is Victor. Yeah. So before we get into everything Black Panther, because there's a lot to digest. Mm -hmm. It seems like we haven't talked in like forever. So how have you been? I've been good. I have um, preparing for a few trips. Um, This weekend I will be in Vegas. Um, with some friends and then in a couple of weeks I'll be in DC and Maryland for a week and possibly I may be in New York so I will be (laughs) traveling soon Um, but I'm also excited um, because um, I have made a decision to apply for a job and I did so I did that I did that within 15 minutes ago Uh oh is it still within the same a school that you're in or a completely different? It's a different school. Um, it's actually a little bit closer to me and it is um, a little bit more different where I, you know, I might be able to work with some students of color as well as some queer students. So I felt like that is something that, as everybody who knows me knows, is important to me. So I have like put my head in for that. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, you know, it's that's that's what's been going on, and it was my birthday this past weekend, so I yes. turned 44, and I felt good about that, and um, had a good time. I had a friend take me out. <laughs> um, now, hold on, what was that laugh for? You know, <laughs> that's a conversation for another time, um, but um, had a, you know, had a good time over the weekend, and um, watch some gay classics. Um, so, you know, it was a pretty good weekend. How about yourself? Let's see. Um, I think, uh, this past, what was it, past Sunday or the Sunday before last, I had to, uh, help, uh, judge a local drag pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, which was fun. You know, first time, ju- well, hold on. First time being asked to judge a pageant. Cause you know, I'm always judging bitches. <laughs> uh anyway um aside from that not really much uh, actually uh if you don't know now you know that we have our uh site is up and running after months of bitching and moaning and lollygagging and pussyfooting around i got to it you can go to com, check out a few articles that we have up there and more will be coming along mm-hmm. other than that Working through my slow-ass backlog of video games. Um, um, trying to get right in the gym. Get ready for FanCon because you know it's coming down. And you know I'm is. trying to get out there and look good. Because don't nobody want to be looking ratchet. I know. I have to get my hair twisted. Yeah, it's, it's all this little stuff I got to think about. You got to think about that. You want to lose just a little bit of weight. And then, you know, you want to have cute little, you know, cute little geeky shirts together, but also cute little outfit. You don't, you just, it's like, I don't even know. And it's funny, it's only just a weekend, and I'm up there looking at it like a week. <laughs> like, this is a oh, week. Right. This is a fashion show, y'all. Like, I, know. I don't know if y'all ready for the looks. I might have to do what we used to do back in the day. We used to ship our clothes. <laughs> because we're like, we don't want to carry all that luggage, so we'll just ship it. And then you ship it right back. <laughs> That's what drag queens do. Like, if they have, like, all this shit, like, 
headpieces mm-hmm. and whatnot for like a, a national pageant. Mm-hmm. You can't take that shit on a plane. So mm-hmm. you just ship it. Ship it to the hotel. Not even on an Uber. You can't put all that in there because you may have somebody else up in there. So right. Or you don't want to see no. your secrets because you know they'll see like mm, they're gonna do share tonight or something. You just never know. So you, know, you just have to. And these wigs, I can imagine. But yeah, I've done that before where I've actually shipped clothes. And it was so much easier to manage because like, I got on a plane. I only had one bag. And then I shipped myself, and it was at the hotel waiting on me. Got it, wore it, dirty, put it back in the box, and sent it right on back to the house. See how that works? Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about. It's so much going on. Um, that's coming up. WonderCon's coming up. Like first it'll be WonderCon, then it'll be Universal FanCon, then it will be the Prism Awards, which is the Prism Awards is kind of where we celebrate LGBT works in the in the comic world. So that's coming up. Then you have Comic Con itself. So, girl, it's just too much to do. A lot going on. I know. I feel like the president traveling and and talking and giving lectures and all that stuff, and you know, not trying to the have... real one, not the the one that we have in office. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lord have mercy. We need to send the Dora Melange. I can't even say their names now. We need to send the Dora Melange. Yeah, to the to the White House and do what they did when they turned to Killmonger and said, "You are not fit." Like, yes, we need to send them straight there to tell Trump, "You are not fit to be president." <laughs> and just, he ain't gonna fight them. Send them right on out. But um, yeah. But let's let's go ahead and get into this because y'all, this movie. I've already seen it three times. So, <laughs> you can tell. I, I was just, I don't know. I, you know, basically, this movie was just everything. It was everything. So, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break it down a little bit. We'll talk about the characters and the best parts. And then we'll kind of touch on some things we saw on the internet. Because apparently, there was so much. Some of y'all was really getting into all types of conversations and seeing things and and scenarios and so we're going to talk about some of those things that we notice um on the interwebs and we're going to talk about some of those and see how we feel about it because you know for example we're going to get into killmonger because apparently not because he was fine but there's a lot of problematic pieces to him that you know some people see things and some people see something else so we're going to get into a lot of that um as well as you know some of the political messages that we saw in it too so let's just Let's just get all, get all into it. Um, so we'll start with the characters. So let's see. We'll start with the obvious. Um, we'll start with T'Challa. What did you think of him overall in the movie? I thought um, Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of T'Challa was spot on. I didn't think that he played. He overplayed it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was a good king. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed whenever he was on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, aside from that, you know, there wasn't any anything else as far as like if he fucked up or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I liked his portrayal of the child. I did too. I liked that you felt his compassion about the character, and even when he had to make decisions, I liked when you know when he saw his father. In the successful realm, how it was like you saw that moment was like I'm glad to see you, but I I disappointed you. Like I, it was something about that 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 change in his face that was very was very you know 
catching to me. And also, I just like the way he played the character. He he never tried to mansplain things. I I loved how he looked at um, Nakia. Like it was like you know when they have a scene of both of them, you will always see him look at her, and see you saw that how he admired her, and I liked how he was. You know, a little cocky at times when it's like, you know, you if you wasn't so stubborn, you would be a great queen. But I kind of like that because you knew they already have a relationship to say those type of things towards each other. Um, his compassion towards um, Killmonger, you know, the fact that he was left behind and how he was like, we did this to him and how he wanted to make things right. So I, I really enjoy Chadwick's, um, how he played that character and how he really made him a type of hero that you really enjoy like you know I like Captain America as a as as a hero and a person and I felt that um with um Black Panther as well so yeah he was a great character now it wasn't to me it wasn't uh clear to me that T'Challa and Akia had a relationship until like halfway through the movie and I was like it just clicked and that's me not being a bright (laughs) A bright one. Um, but yeah, I thought that he still loved Nakia. Mm-hmm. Like, in spite, in spite of it all. Like, yeah. I know that he, you know, wanted her to go on her way or whatever, on her missions. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he never let that love for her die. Yeah. And it was the fact that he was like, we're going to have to make a stop to let her know that I have to... Like, I was thinking, like, wow, he did all that just to say, I'm going to be crowned and I need you to be there. Um, but it also the respect that she had for him to, like, okay. Cause she was like, you under, after she, he explained why he interrupted her mission, she was like, okay, I, I totally understand. So I really like that about both of them. Uh-huh. We should just go... Let's just get into her. We already talking about Nakia. So what did, what did, what did you really like about her? What was it about her character and how Lapita played her? There was uh, like there was a quiet confidence mm-hmm. about Nakia. You know, she knew that certain things needed to happen, and she wasn't going to let anybody, including uh, T'Challa, get in the way of the mm-hmm. get in the way of that. So I thought that. And she wasn't overbearing. Mm-hmm. She wasn't the uh, the stereotypical woman on a mission. Mm-hmm. How some um, action movies want to portray her, mm-hmm. will portray those kind of roles. Yeah, I thought that she was a bit. Uh, I don't want to say aloof, but there was a certain a certain playfulness about her mm-hmm. that made her even that made her stand out even more yeah I I liked because it's funny because I was thinking about her and Natasha they both were spies and they both mm-hmm. trained well but it was but there's something more human about Nakia that it was like she was like I know I have a mission to do but I also want to make things right while I'm doing the mission it's not just a mission it's a it's more than that and I like that part of her character I liked how she viewed how Wakanda should assist others and why she was into her mission um as I said before I liked you know the the parts of her and T'Challa where they were talking I liked the part when she told him 
you know, like I would be, a, she said, because I am stubborn, I would be a good queen if I decide to do that. And I like, she made sure that that was like, if I decide to do that, I like that part about her. I found her, I just found her to be wise and a very powerful part of the movie, as well as a powerful example of what women are capable of, of from Wakanda. And I really liked that about her. It was just like, I can, I want, I was like, I want a special or a movie about you and your adventures. Like, that is what would be fun to see is now as you are going to be in the U.S. working with that, with the new Wakandan, I want to say embassy, but it's not really that, but it felt like it. Like, what would she be enduring? And I feel like you could see the stories where she will probably run into you know, like a Natasha in some type of spy situation. Like maybe they already have met, you know, maybe they have already had a moment um, where they kind of met or something like that where you could see her more involved with a lot of things that's going on. But I loved how she was human and caring. And as you were saying, not overbearing, um, but she knew what was best. And I love when her and Okoye was having a conversation about, you know, I, Okoye has to protect the throne and she's like no I have to protect Wakanda and what she was willing to do to make that happen and that's why I'm I'm all for, I'm team you know Nakia was right because she was she knew this is what was best for the country and she made sure these things happened well let's just go into the overall the women in the movie yeah. because I feel like to me they made the movie happen yeah i felt like Mm -hmm. without them this would have been another action flick Mm -hmm. it would have been another b-level hollywood action flick yeah and i'm so glad that they got the women got to stand on their own Mm -hmm. and be different Mm -hmm. have different personalities different characteristics about black women because you couldn't take this kind of story mm-hmm. and put white faces to it mm-hmm. and have the same reaction yeah yeah you're, you're right like you know i think about you know we, as we talk about the women like okoye being the general of uh, dora malaje and really seeing how she was basically an equal and treated as an equal and, and, and consulted with, you know, like we need to, I like, what do you think is best? And even she was say, this is why I think it's best is what we need to do. And even though her and T'Challa disagreed at one point, I like the fact that she, we, we was able to see her and, and we see her and we see her agency and we see how she has, how she views her role in the overall thing and I love the fact that she was given so much agency to do that but I also love the fact that you know she could there was different sides to her there was a playful side you know she wasn't like this tough general she was a playful person you know when that part when uh, <laughs> um, Shuri made that joke like did he freeze and she's like an antelope in headlights and I was like and that little wink she gave I like that we saw these pieces of her we saw that she did have someone that she loved and, and we did see um, these different sides of her and I love that Ryan Coogler made sure that we saw these women these women as humans and not just uh, you know the brick wall or the, the sword or this it was more to that to that so I speaking of her I really loved her character because it was 
what I would have liked to seen in Wonder Woman when it came to those pieces. In some ways we did when we saw Antiope. We saw a little bit of that. But we have to remember that in Wonder Woman, Diana was leaving the island versus with this movie we were dealing with them it was all about Wakanda. You know what I'm saying? So we had we saw their reactions to what they saw um, how they view Wakanda and the importance of Wakanda. So I felt like when we were dealing with Okoye, we were seeing that her role was to make sure that Wakanda stays safe and the right leader is there, and she was going to make sure that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okoye reminded me of Gladiator mm-hmm. from X-Men. Um, going back to the Phoenix Saga, you know mm. how he is, uh, he's the, uh, what, the... Praetorian leader of the Imperial Guard. Mm-hmm. So his job is to protect the throne mm-hmm. and to serve anybody at the throne. Yes. And I remember um, in the X-Men animated series, uh, Lalandra and Gladiator were having a discussion mm-hmm. um, and she said uh, something to the effect of, "Your, don't you have any kind of honor or you're a warrior, mm-hmm. where's your honor? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, I serve the Shi'ar Empire, yeah. and your brother, Dekin, sits on that throne. Yeah. So I'm bound by the duties that have been bestowed upon me mm-hmm. yes, to be- serve the throne. Yes, because I believe that Gladiator, I think he was raised, and that, that, that's what he was raised to do, and that's what... That's his role is, and you're right. That was that's a very good example because even in the comics, he is always there's Kid Gladiator. I think it's his son, and his son has that same format of like my mission is to or what I supposed to do is protect the throne by any means. And I like that something about that type of honor has always kind of intrigued me because it's like what inner conflicts do they deal with? You know, because it's like I. Yes, this is the throne, and I have to predict who's at that throne. And we saw that conflict between her and Nakia. When Nakia took Ramonda and, and Shuri away, she was like, you can come with us. She said, I can't. I have to protect this by all means. But I also like the fact that when she realized the true king was still around and that contest was not complete, she, then she was like, no, you are not fit to be, you know. And she was going to lead a charge. And I like that she's not going to just have the rest of the warriors fight for just do it she's going to be right there in the middle of it and i like that about her she was just a very powerful character and we haven't seen that very often very often in the marvel yes, universe it's very rare mm-hmm. that you see a black woman not just a black woman but a dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. with a bald head mm-hmm. have that kind that sense of regalness mm-hmm. but sternness and a sense of powerfulness mm-hmm. in her yeah. to command the mm-hmm. scenes that she did especially mm-hmm. the fight scenes yeah which was very beautiful and i like the wig scene because the wig scene i believe i looked at it maybe i looked too deep but i was like it was that thing of being a black woman and being in the white world where european beauty is because remember they were in uh, the korea and it yep. was that whole issue of I have to I have to wear this wig, but also the fact that she was like I have to get take this off. And it was like this is what happens when you're in the world where it has been colonized, and what the ideal of what it, you should look and how you should be. And I like that she was like against that whole 
feeling. Like, I can't wait to get this wig off my head, you know, like that. And when she had the chance, she snatched that wig and threw it. <laughs> as soon as she, she didn't came. even have that wig pinned in. She didn't have no duct no. tape. She didn't have no, no scarf, no cap, <laughs> nothing. It was like one of them cheap uh, $15 wigs that you buy at the store. They probably bought right like, off the street. My, they... my going out wig. Yeah. It's said... like a, a rainbow ass or a Ross <laughs> wig that she bought. You said going out wig. That's what it was because she snatched that thing quick. Um, and speaking of that, um, that, another thing about the women, let's get into Queen Ramonda. And I love how Angela played her because it was just regalness. Like Angela didn't have to talk and I already felt she was the queen and how she, you know, oversaw some things. And I like that about her and that role. But I also love the fact that she had some wisdom when she was saying that, you know, like it made me think about when, you know, he said, you know, mother, I'm sorry, you know, you know, father's dead. And she was like, we've been talking about you being king for a long time. She was, and it was like, you know, I saw that, that, how I how I view black women like yes this is gonna be tough, but we're gonna get uh-huh. through, and we're we're Wakanda we're gonna be we're gonna be just fine. And I like that's how she yeah. greeted that. That's that's our first entrance of her is like we saw her as a queen. Like no, we have to hold our head up high. We will handle this, and this is your time. And I was like that's how you introduce a queen. I was so scared that they were gonna kill her off. See, it wasn't her. I when I when I saw the pre when I went to see the screening, I thought they was gonna kill Lupita. <gasps> they couldn't have because Lupita's already gonna be in Infinity Wars. But see, the reason that, no, this is why I thought this because remember when they did the photo shoots for the I think the Premiere magazine and all that, she was not in those. <gasps> oh, that's right. When they had all the the women yeah. of Marvel. And then there was something yeah. else where she wasn't there either. And I was like, is she going to die? And I was like thinking, is she going to die? And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, that's what I kept thinking. Because I also was thinking of she's also in Star Wars. And we don't really know what her that role will be going further on. And so uh-huh. I was like, and what if she has other projects? So maybe she was like, okay, I'll be in this, but I'll die. So I thought she was going to die. But um, I was wrong. But I, I remember the first time I watched it, I was sitting there like when she started fighting Killmonger, I was like, oh, no, that's when it's going yeah. like, to happen right now because she went after him by herself. And let me let me mention that, too. She was a good fighter. Like the fact she went after him on her, like she just went after him. It was no problem to do that. Um I like that. That was like, okay. But I really didn't think she was going to die. <laughs> I was like, she's going to fight him and he's going to do something. And then that's going to that's gonna really make, you know, he's going to see it. Uh, but yeah, I thought it would be her, not um, Angela. But now I think about it, it could have been her. Because Angela could have been like that. But I was like, no, they wouldn't do They wouldn't take both of them out, would they? I don't know. Right. Like, if they did, I'm have to speak to Ryan. I'm going to have to heart to heart, Mr. Man. Yeah. And then um, the funny thing was to see her with the white dreads because, you know, I think we've said it before. It, it made me think of Storm because that's who it could have been at one point. Uh, uh-huh. But also for you comic freaks, um, it made me think of the Elder Storm. And I've mentioned that on Twitter a few times. Like if you ever read Magic, and that's Colossus' sister, if you ever read the limited series that came out in the 80s, um, when she 
in limbo. What happened is um, this demon Belasco came to get her and um, they was fighting to get her back and he pulled her through a portal and they pulled her back what, and it was seconds. It was like maybe 15 seconds. But within 15 seconds, it was 70 years in limbo. So while she was in limbo, she was being raised by an elder storm who lost her weather powers but became more of a sorceress because that's more storm's line is more is a very regal mystical uh, family line so she became more of a sorceress there and that's what i thought of immediately when i saw it. i was like oh she could be if they ever did something like that she could have been like the elder storm but anyway i just like the fact that we saw Angela as the queen, and she gave you that queen. Even gave you a little bit of drama when um, Killmonger popped up and said who he was. And she was like, lies. I was like, yes, I'm feeling all of this this Tyler Perry drama right now. Because it felt like at one point, it was a very good Tyler Perry scene. As I it was a meaty scene. Like, it was tense. Because it was like, is he going to say who he was? Is he going to? Because, you know, during mm -hmm. that scene, T'Challa already knew. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was like, who is this? Who is this nigga? <laughs> like, who is this? I know, he come up here, pimp, pimp walking up in here, talking stuff. Oh, you know, and, and it was like, who is he supposed to be? Escort this whore out of here. Like, you know, I was like, I was right. feeling all that. And then when he said what he said in that language, I was like, well, first of all, I got a little moist. And then second, I was like, girl. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. well, let's talk about Killmonger. Cause well, let's not forget Shuri that we got to finish Shuri since we're going to say okay. Well, yeah, we'll save Killmonger. Okay, yeah. let's talk about Shuri. Uh, so, what did you think? I loved her. That was that was like a nice comic relief person. But I love the fact that she was like, you know, clowning her brother, like little sisters would do. So I Basically. like. Basically. Yes, yeah, so I like that she's supposedly smarter than Tony, Tony Stark. So it'd be nice to see her in action. Um, I love the mix of her, you know, with the Af with. <clears throat> traditional African garbs, but also you could see a little bit of youth and how she will wear things or how she would, you know, do stuff. And, you know, she gave us the phrase, colon, the word colonizer. So I, that's, that's my new word right now is colonizer. But yeah, but yeah, I, I love the character. I love um, Letitia played her so well. And she was just funny. She was Especially that part where she clowned him on his on his sandals. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he was wearing that, uh, you know, that uncle yeah. that is at the grill on yeah. the family cookout. He mm -hmm. looked like he was wearing them kind of sandals. Yeah, and she was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. And it, she, you're right. She had that kind of youthful, cause she was dedicated to the old world mm -hmm. or the way that Wakanda did things, but mm -hmm. she was also hip to what's outside of the world, because she said she wanted to go to Coachella. <laughs> yeah. She said, I thought... So, when, yeah. it, was, it was a good... It was a good mixture of the two. Yeah. And I like, as you mentioned with the old and new, it was interesting because when the, when the Jabari tribe came, because they left, they kind of exiled themselves. So it was interesting when, he, when I saw it the second time, how they addressed her, because they look at her like she mocks all this. How dare you turn, you know, everything over to your existence to a child. And the fact that she's super smart, because she's apparently 16 or 17. And so, uh -huh. you know, that's what I liked about the fact that she was a threat. She was a threat to um, men. Uh, here's this smart young woman, the, the entire 
country of Wakanda, or the entire nation of Wakanda is turning to her. And I think that was intimidating. And that was a nice piece to see that how, like, people are intimidated by strong, powerful black women by any age and by any means. So I, I like that about that. But yeah, she was a, a needed piece in that. And I want to know more. Like, I feel like this is why I'm thinking if they do, like, a Young Avengers, she would have to be a part of that. It would just make sense. Exactly. But yeah, let's get let's now let's jump on into because we got to talk about some of the men in this, and we want to get into Killmonger because that is he was a fascinating character. He was so. I don't think I've had a movie where I wanted to both fight and fuck the villain <laughs> so hard <laughs> during the whole two hours. I'm mad at you for. <laughs> Because I was like, okay, this nigga is getting on my goddamn nerves. But damn it, I bet he got to can lay the pipe down like nobody's business. I know, because yeah, yeah. when he was, because mm, the way he was talking, trying to be all smooth when, you know, it was when it was in that museum. And I was like, okay, I see you. But then when, when he read that little girl, yeah. um, that little white woman, yeah. what he said, he said, uh. Oh, God, what did he say? Well, at first he was saying something like, yeah, like, are you sure? It's about, like, are, like how you've been taking everything else. Or did you take it? Or he said, did you receive it? Or did you just take it like you've taken everything else? And then he told about, like, how, you know, you're so concerned about what's in here. You're not even worried about what you're putting in your own body. And I was like, oh, crap. Right, he told that woman, uh, how do you think your ancestors, when they were talking about these yeah. items aren't for sales, he said, how do you think your ancestors got it? You yeah. think they paid a fair price for it? I'm like, bitch. <laughs> He's already. You know me. I had a little bit to drink. So, you know, I was up in the, the theater <laughs> uh, hooting and hollering. Because, yeah, because, yeah, I will say this. He did a lot of reading in this in this movie. He did a lot of reading. And somebody, when I saw it the third time, because I had to see it with, with in the black theater, it was people was like, there's no lies being told about the things he was saying. But, no, like you. I was like, this man is, you know, I, I, I struggle with the word evil. So I'm not going to say he was evil, but he was a villain. And I, and I, but I found myself like he is, I bet his anger game, his stroke game, everything is just, I, I kept saying, I bet that anger is well put out in the bed, but <laughs> I bet that is just some true stuff. But, you know, with him, he was fascinating to me in so many ways because he was a well thought out character. Um, I'm aware of him in the comics because he's there's some thought out later. I think when Christopher Priest and everybody else kind of worked on him was a little bit better. But Killmonger it was a very complex character because you have to remember how he came up in this situation. Um, he came up, you know, the first thing we know is when he found his father. And let's talk about that for real quick. That beginning scene was a very powerful beginning scene that I have seen in any movies because it was somebody was like didn't think about how small it was, but how it was important because we learned a lot within that first fifteen minutes, like about Wakanda, how powerful it is, you know, the fact that they were brothers, and you know, Sterling K. Brown, you know. He can play. I, that I did not even know that he was in this movie until like two weeks before they were supposed to come out. Yeah. 
But he played that for that little bit of time. He gave us so much in that role. Like, I was feeling his anger, his pain, his sadness. I was like, not only is that man fine, but he could act his ass off. Just in that little piece. Put him piece. in every fucking thing. Yes, just do that. And put me... Well, anyway. So, I'm just saying that... <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what, Ryan Coogler? I just want to say that you you knew you were appealing to women and men. Because there was too many thirst traps all over this movie. Too many. From the uh-huh. J- Jabari tribe. All them big old niggas. Up. Let me stop. Anyway. <laughs> Lord have mercy. See... This must be a a a, a family friendly show. <laughs> Is it? No, bitch, no. <laughs> anyway. That's what we here for. Yes, shit. but yeah, but yeah, Killmonger was very. You know, I I, I struggle with with him because I, I get what he was doing. His methods. Because do you think about it, him and Nakia? They have similar views about uh-huh. Wakanda giving back and, and helping everyone. But what I appreciate about him was he looked at it like our ancestors were suffering while y'all sitting up here living up, you know, in your feathers and your, you know, rose petal baths and everything else. Y'all living it up like y'all in Samunda while everybody else was suffering. And he was the example of that, you know. A little kid, he found his father dead. Didn't know anything about, we don't know what about his mother. We didn't know how he could really came up. Um, he came up, but he was a smart, he, he ended up being very smart. I think what people may have missed, um, cause people were, you know, given all the hot takes about him, but people may have missed that, you know, when, um, Everett Ross was explaining him, he was a very smart man. He went to what, to MIT. He was recruited to go and do so many great things. Um, and so it, it was amazing to see you know, what he was really capable of. So he was complex and I appreciated that. But I, I also feel like people were doing too much when it came to trying to explain him. Because I felt like what he was was he was a product of his he was a product of his environment. But he was also a product of the other environment, you know, being a part of a, a group that was sent in to do shadow assignments. Uh, you know, who was taking down governments and monarchies. So think about when, if you were always assigned to go in and to snuff out governments and do all this stuff, how would you, the way you view the world will be totally different. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, again, like when people, like, even folks who are in the army, they view things different than us who've never been in the army. So imagine if you were always going in and doing some Jason Bourne type of stuff all your life. Your young life, you've been doing stuff like this. And then you realize that I come from a country where we could have either fixed this or not have this at all. You know, and so, I don't know. I feel like he was, it was just so much into him that was very fascinating um, that I just found compelling and sexy, <laughs> but yet dangerous. Uh, right. But I do want to address some things because I saw people saying that he was very he was he was anti women and possibly homophobic and I I found myself like uh, I think we're reaching a bit. The women piece I can see where they saw that. Now the homophobic stuff I don't see that. Um so I was like that's too much to be digging into. We don't know what he was. But 
besides the women piece, I struggled because, again, I was like, this is a man who was trained in black ops. So it's not really about was he abusing. Because it was like, he shot his own girlfriend. I was like, that's, if you know what he was trained to do, it's, it's complete the mission by any means necessary. So in a lot of ways, he was almost like the Winter Soldier. Because the Winter Soldier wouldn't care. He would kill his own people to get this mission done. Um, so it's almost like it's more about that. But I think he also realized that he was from royalty and that royalty abandoned him. So they also have a different perspective of how he will view things. But I don't, I never, I didn't look at him as anti-women at all. But I can see the argument. I mean, what did you think when it came to him that way? Well, uh, for Killmonger, I thought he was a very a complex person and I always think villains are more interesting than heroes Mm -hmm. he reminded me of Magneto not -hmm. only because they have the first name Eric (laughs) but they're a product of their environment Mm -hmm. I mean you had Magneto who was raised and suffered through concentration camps in Mm -hmm. World War II and you had him you had Killmonger going through the life that he had so yeah the streets the streets of you know yeah it was oakland it was what it was compton oakland oakland yeah. in what 92 yeah in that heat and if you know anything about that time california especially those heavily black neighborhoods were always discriminated against there was a racial tensions were through the roof yeah um you had the oakland riots so it made sense that he would go this way. Yeah. You know, it also reminded me of there was an episode of Justice League where um Wonder Woman went back to Themyscira mm-hmm. and well actually no. She didn't go back initially. There was a uh, her sister Eurasia who set out to destroy men. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, how could you do this? How could you do this? Yada, 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 this, that, and the third. Well, Hulk Girl made the assumption that she's just carrying on what you all thought or mm-hmm. what your values. So if your value is to not trust men, men are evil, the next logical step, according to her character's point of view, was to just kill off men. Mm-hmm. You all didn't want them anyway, so if they're gone, <laughs> then we're still, our lives wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of correlation that I got with Killmonger. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make the lives of black people better. And if that meant some people had to die, then so be it. Yeah. And then he was kind of saying it. So so that's why I was I wasn't completely agreeing with a lot of the statements that he was, you know, he did this at the expense of black women. I was like, no, he did he was doing this at the expense of anyone who got in his way. Because remember he also said that he will kill anybody who will stand with Chichala. And he said that clear, like if you're gonna stand with him, I'm killing you off. And that's because he's like, If you stand with him, he got you. If you don't, you don't. I also wanted to quickly point out that Another reason why, I mean, I, I like to look at, I like the base characters a lot from the comics. Because, again, you can't judge the 30-something minutes of screen time he had towards, you know, 40 years of, of 
comic, you know, history. So I, I again, I kind of disagree with Killmonger being, you know, a misogynist because in the comics, um, he always had he had women who was his allies that he trusted with his life and with the mission. Um, one of them that I will point out is Malice. Um, way back in Jungle Action, I think it's Jungle Action. Um, in that comic, he hired Malice to go and kill T'Challa. He trusted a woman to do this. He could have done it, but he was like, nope, I'm going to hire you to go and do it. Um, she didn't do it. <laughs> she didn't succeed. But it's the fact that he trusted a woman. I think that we did not really get to, because he killed his own, his own girlfriend, I don't look at that as as him being misogynistic. I look at it like, well, hell, he was like, I, this mission has to be completed. And if, and they was trying to use her to like, you won't do it, you won't go if I if I got her. And he was like, nope, I'll show you. Almost like if you remember in Scandal. You remember in Scandal, Papa Pope killed that woman he was seeing. Because they, yeah. they, they was using her. Um, they, was, <laughs> they was using her to like, you know, as a weakness. He was like, I don't have a weakness. And went boom. I mean, if you're going to turn in his own wife. <laughs> I mean, what, what? Come on, I mean, he's he's willing to kill Maya. Why, you know? So I looked at it like that. I was like, if y'all look at anybody who's been in Killmonger's role, and you can say that he's like a Papa Pope. He's like, oh crap, he is Papa Pope, a young Papa Pope, in some ways. In some ways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a um, a uh, an us versus them, or rather, Africans versus. African Americans, mm -hmm. the whole, oh, I'm from Africa. Mm -hmm. I I have you know Nigerian, this and that blood, versus us. For example, me and you, mm -hmm. born and raised in the United States, we can't necessarily trace our steps all the way back to Africa. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense of, yes, yeah, some some Africans feel like they are more black or more tied to the motherland than us. And that, I felt that that was also an underlying message in the way that Killmonger viewed Wakanda and its people. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you niggas think you better than me. Mm -hmm. Or like, say for instance, people, black people in the, uh, the islands, Mm -hmm. Oh, you niggas think you better than me just because they dropped you off first. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. another part of the story that it's not necessarily a black and white thing. Yeah. And he, as I was saying earlier, he did say some good gems in this. And one of the things that I, that the person I saw that kind of hit me was when he died. Sorry to everybody. This is spoilers. If y'all haven't seen it by if now. You didn't know, Listen, you already knew good and goddamn well that yeah. we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this movie. Yeah. You had all this time to come to the motherfucking uh, show, <laughs> the picture show, to watch this movie. Y'all so, had, yeah, you had yesterday, President's Day, with most of y'all off. So. Right, just, so keep it coming with the yeah, spoiler. I'm about to say, we've been going, like, this movie been out since Thursday. Anyway, when he died, he said, he said, no. He was, because, you know, T'Challa said, we can still save you. He's like, no, and keep me in bondage. He says, no, I'm gonna die. He said, bury me in the ocean. Because he said, like my ancestors, they knew that that was the better choice than to be in bondage. And I was like, oh, Lord. That reminded me of a quote. Oh, gosh. I think it's by... Uh, 
I think his name is Zapata. When he said, uh, better than we, yeah, Emiliano Zapata said that, uh, better than we die on our feet than live on our knees. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And they actually used that in one of the episodes of X-Men animated, um, X- X-Men animated series. Uh-uh. Um, Come on, X-Men so, animated series. <laughs> see, I'm telling you, bitch, I used that quote in a paper <laughs> once. You tell you can tell me shit. I'm no, like, I'm I'm just like you. I I used to use storm quotes like a mug. Like I remember I wrote a paper based on something that she said. When she said this is the cheapest of excuses and you cannot stand behind it, I use that as a, a as an argument paper. I was like, yes, when people give you some excuses, you can. That's the cheapest. You cannot stand behind it. Like I was like quoting her, and it was like, bitch, okay. But it was like, <laughs> but no, I totally get it though. But. <laughs> But yeah, I totally get it though. I, I I just think when yeah when he said that, and then now as you bring in that, I think I want I want to say I remember that statement almost. That's what I was like. This this is one of the best characters we've seen as a villain. I thought it was funny. People were really trying to dissect him. I was like, yo, I said, and I was like thinking, no, we don't dissect the Joker like this deep. Let's not <laughs> go too much. Let's just take him for what he is. But I will recommend that people check out the comics about Killmonger because he is a very complex character. He, I mean, it's funny because in the comics he did die, just like he did in this, but he was brought back by the Mandarin, uh, uh-huh. which we haven't seen what the real Mandarin is because we had a fake one in Iron Man 3. But the Mandarin brought him back, and he also at one point was Black Panther, and he also almost became an Avenger. So there's a lot of interesting stories with Killmonger. <laughs> um, right. So I would say that, it with um, that. The, the us versus them mentality, it can also be applied to, you know, folks, black folks that are still in the ghetto, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. But then, you know, when you get out, when you make it in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get, you lose your blackness. Yeah. And you, for lack of a better term, start acting white. Mm-hmm. Or That's even- another... Or in a gay community, how white gays exactly. are looked and how we are looked. So there was a lot in, in just Killmonger's presence that just brought up so many things. And every time I have seen this movie, I'm just like, he, that was really good. Um, let's, let's, we can, we can be on Killmonger for almost another hour, but let's jump on M'Baku, um, my husband. Let's talk about him. Your man is my man. <laughs> <laughs> So I, he was an interesting character because he was, you know, to me, he was like that stubborn big brother-ish type person. Like, you know, y'all ain't never paid no attention to me, like that type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that he did challenge T'Challa, you know, he was, when, he came, when he came out ready to go for that battle. Um, but I enjoyed his character because I, th- I think what I liked about him, I mean, not because he was fine, well, but, but but at the end of the day, he knew what he knew that country was important, and I you know like he was the, he saved he saved Wakanda in a lot of ways. You think about it, he saved Wakanda because he could have been like, I'm gonna let you just float down this river and like who cares? Right. But he you know they found him and kept him on ice, <laughs> literally kept him on ice. Um, but I love in the freezer. True, but the, my favorite part with him. One how he was sitting on that throne though. Child. He was sitting. I had, the, a, I had to mop myself up. I know. It's like you can't. I was like, are you waiting on me? I was, you know. I was like, 
sitting there like, Lord, imagine coming home today. He's just sitting there. He's mad because you've been out all night. And I will pop lock and drop it all over there. I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, I know he's mad. I've been out all night. Like, I'm sorry I've been out, you know. You know, he, he ain't going to look at me. I have to walk over and, like, sit on his lap. But anyway, let me stop. Choke slammed the hell out of me. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, we we getting we're doing our own fifty shades right now, but what we're... <laughs> Right. But you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah, he could have like grabbed me like where you been? Like okay, anyway. <laughs> Even when he was sitting there, I like that when um Ross, the the agents started talking and they started barking at him. <laughs> Listen, that had me hurting. Oh my god. They were like, well, woof, woof. I was like, y'all something. That was such a niggerish thing. That was. And I loved every minute of it. I know. Wait till they come out where we be able to gif that and then also do a video of that. Cause we're going to use that. I'm going to use that often. The minute I can find that on YouTube, it's probably already there. I'm going to take it and make a video of it. And every time somebody like Trump speak or, you know, some like white say something stupid, I'm going to put that right under there. Right. I'm going to tweet them like. Somebody said the uh, Jabari tribe were like uh, Q-Dogs. Well, some of them were. Some of the actors were. I mean, because like there was, I saw were, some pictures of them because like, yeah, they were. Because I, you know, when I was googling at night, you know, just like who are in this tribe, and um, shout out to Lashawn for starting that conversation about them because he was googling them too. <laughs> but um, you know, googling them, and I saw some of them that you can see what they had. You can see their brand on their arm, and I was like, okay, I I can get that. Q dogs. Anyway, um, yeah, that was interesting to see how you know they did that barking thing. He's like, you cannot speak, but I like his sense of humor though. He was like, you know, I feed to my children, and then he said, oh, I'm just joking. We get, we're vegetarians. Like we're right, like nigga. <laughs> but no, yeah, I I, I like go vegan for him. Well. I will sit here and make him some damn cauliflower buffalo wings every night. Be like, I'm coming home. We'll make these wings. Anyway. But no, I... I, I quinoa, uh, quinoa salad. <laughs> <laughs> Pineapples. Right. You know, lube. You know, all that stuff that's vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> some vegan-ass lube. <laughs> you know, but yeah, but... um. You know, I, I, his character was great because it, it showed us the different sides of Wakanda and the different tribes. And I like that at the end of the day, he knew what was right. And I'm I'm glad at the end, we saw him at the table. He's sitting, the, he's sitting at the table at the end. Um, so I like that he was brought back in there and everybody really, you know, understand him. But I, I feel like I understood him as a character because it was like, he did shade everybody when he came in the first time to fight. But I like that T'Challa was like, I'm not going to kill you. Your people need you. And I like that he even realized that even though he was like all caught up in his pride, he was like, I'm going to yield because you're right. My people need me. And they did need him. And, and I noticed that if you notice in the, um, the Infinity War stuff, basically that's that's the Jabari tribe. Yep. How about their, um, their cloaks as was a camouflage as shields? Oh, that's the other tribe. That's the um, the other. Oh, that's the, the water tribe, or yeah, like the farmer, for, um, led by um, okay. the, the other sexy Daniel. Bobby. His, yeah, his group. Lord have mercy. 
Shall we talk about him? Yeah, you know, I, now he. Now see, I, I, but I, I, I get it though, because you know that what you call it killed his his family. So that's why I can understand his anger. Like you know, I want y'all to bring back Claw because he killed my family, and I understand that honor and everything else. But I was like, but you sold everybody out too quick, so you were too selfish because you went out and sold out everybody. Could have ruined Wakanda over this. And you didn't even get him alive. Claw was dead. <laughs> right. I said, was yeah, that worth it? Lost, um, lost your girl, which I was like, you, well, I don't know if you really had her because I feel like that, that that's to set it up for her and Oya to get together. But anyway, um, I just felt like he... He could have been a better friend to to T'Challa. Because, like, if you were his friend, you wouldn't have done I said, damn, when you think about it, M'Baku was a better, treated the situation better than you did, and you supposed to be a friend. Right. So I was like, no, dude. I was mad at him, but I did think it was funny that when um, he brought in those rhinoceroses and then when she jumped out in front... <laughs> And I was like, of course she's go- he's going to know that Renasha is going to know who she is because y'all are supposed to be together. But it also made me think of she was smart enough to make sure she she was, she was got in good with those Renasha because you never know. And she was smart she enough to... Always had a, that was, see, that's what a good leader does. Yeah. She always has a contingency plan for her mm-hmm. contingency plan. Yeah. And she did. And I love, just jumping back on her and how they were fighting... Killmonger though, like I love that they was like we gonna come after you, and they were fighting him to, to the to down to the dirty, and I hate that they did lose one of them. Oh, I was pissed off. I was like, oh you nigga, yeah, you motherfucker. Did you notice how the uh, Dora Milaje's uh, fighting tactics were similar to Roman uh, phalanxes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't notice that until I don't know maybe a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I liked how they all fought as a unit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one woman mm-hmm. takes on the guy and then mm-hmm. the other woman jumps in. It was, you know, a all for one and one for all type Diana Ross thing. <laughs> Mad because we bringing up the the boss <laughs> album, but <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it was like that. I liked where they did that. I like when they had him in that in that box when they caged him in for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, that's how you do it. I like the way they was doing stuff like that. I like the little thing they do with the spear. They were like, that's how they would like make things happen. Like those two click, click. And then, you know, stuff is happening. Uh-huh. Like the very beginning in the first scene, it was like um, when they walked in, they click, click, it went dark. And then there was, you know, the king. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. I, I'm very fascinated with them. Like I want more about them I want to like what is the training like how they are chosen because you think about it like Nakia is not one of them because she was saying I'm not right. Adora and I'm, I'm like okay but then I'm like but how were you trained because you were trained just like you were trained to fight and you fought well but now I'm curious to like what is that and also when Ramonda had that that that's that's that whatever that thing that spear thing that they both was using that circle thing that disc I'm like, yeah. she must have been trained for something. So I'm like, I'm very curious to know how Adora, how they're trained, uh, what's the difference in how they're trained versus how the spies are trained. 
and, and is this something they are born into or is this something that you have to become mm-hmm. so I don't know I don't now know. Um, did you notice how before Killmonger took the throne how uh, T'Challa's the background music was, you know, very tribal, mm-hmm. very more African, and then it transitioned into a more hip hop mm-hmm. theme. Yeah. I, see, that's something that I didn't expect Ryan to. I didn't expect it, but I should have expected mm-hmm. it. To, that attention to detail. Yeah, the attention to detail was beautiful because you think about like when they first went to Wakanda and we saw that that royal music that we had, and then uh-huh. when we had. Even when the cinematography of when Killmonger took over, how it started upside down, it was like he basically that, turned yes. he turned this up on its end about what it was, and so therefore, yeah, the detail, the fact that he hired a father and son to play um, the young and old Chitala, the king, because um, that because that was in the, the first Chaka. scene, yeah, that was the that was the son, and and the real life father played the older version. I was like, oh, that's cute. Uh, but yeah, I liked the attention to detail that Ryan gave to this movie from the way they looked, the tribes, the, the colors, um, what it meant. Um, I love the ancestral place. In fact, we should make a joke about the fact that where you want to go, the ancestral realm or the sunken place. <laughs> like, that's your option. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I love the fact that when he went to go speak to his father, you saw the past Black Panthers as Panthers in a tree. And I liked something about that was kind of really enduring and nice about that. But I love the scene when Killmonger went through that ancestral plane and uh, talked to his father. And that was a very good scene. Because, like, you saw his father. And, again, Sterling played his father like he was happy to see him, but he was also sad because he realized, like, his son is lost. And he talked about how we're, maybe we, like maybe they were lost. And it was like, no everyone was lost in this so it was like so much even when he had when he started he did cry um, when he was there at that scene so i was like wow it was just i like because there was a a part of his past that he didn't have a chance to make amends he didn't have anything to wrap that up so Mm -hmm. you it was going to be traumatic for him to go back and see his father that he didn't mm-hmm. say goodbye to, that he didn't understand why what happened had happened. Yeah. So it's just like Killmonger wasn't that his actions made sense if you think about it. Yeah. Granted, his actions were still wrong as fuck, mm-hmm. but there was a reason to his madness. Mm hmm. Like most uh, villains. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because um, as we talk about the, you know, um, T'Challa's first king, or his first, like, his father, I was looking at how you think about how his father was almost, is somewhat how I thought of Hippolyta, like how Hippolyta was, was keeping the secret of who Diana was um, because she thought that that was the best for her to do that and now like you know we are here on this island because I made this decision to do this and I made a decision not to you know train you it was Antiope that trained her but you know at the same time it made me think about how like um the first king was just very like I'm making this decision but it's not the best decision 
You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I kind of saw the parallels of, so it was something that Nakia said that, you know, being a king or being a leader, you're, it's never, you're never going to make the right decisions or something that she, that she said to him. And it was like, yes, I'm seeing how, you know, in these roles, you're going to make so many mistakes. So I think Chachala kind of realized that you're going to make some mistakes and he made a mistake you know, by challenging him versus trying to work things out with Killmonger. Um, right. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it was just so much in that. It, it, yeah, there's so many nuances and ways that the movie addressed. Um, and speaking of one that we, I know we didn't address, um, queer representation. Yes. So there was an article by uh, James Pullen Moore. Mm-hmm on io9 about how easy it was for black panther to have queer representation Mm -hmm. and that's true there could have been some sort of scenes actually there were scenes that was left on the cutting floor that didn't get added Mm -hmm. and the he didn't bash the movie for saying that they could have added these scenes, well, the mm-hmm. fact that they didn't add the scenes. He just said that it, should, it, it could have been easy for them too. Mm-hmm. Now he went on to write an article praising the movie. Mm-hmm. And then folks were saying, oh, you all are doing too much. Next thing you know, you'll want trans people in the movie and this <laughs> in the movie. And I'm thinking, you all really sound like white people when straight black people or other black people are asking for representation in these predominantly white spaces. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually, there's an article on Magazine 5 that I wrote about this. Like, there's a difference between criticism and a critique. Mm-hmm. A critique usually has, is rooted in facts and opinions that go towards some kind of overall critical thinking of the movie. Yeah. Versus a criticism, it's not based, it's merely just because I didn't like this movie or I didn't like this. That's my reasoning for giving you a bad, thinking that something is bad. Yeah. So I think people were way out of line saying that we as queer people needed to quote unquote stop rocking the boat or just wait our turn and shut up and enjoy the movie. And, and, And I totally agree with that. But I also would like if they want to introduce us in the movie, then then do it right. Then do it right. Oh, I'm doubling. <laughs> um, but um, you know, do it right and make sure that we are. It's not just you just throw us in there. Make sure that the explanation. I do feel like it was a it's a possible setup to where we do see um, Koye and Io as a, a couple in the future because it's like well you know, um, she's she's now single again. <laughs> Because she was willing to kill her man, basically she said, "I will kill you over Wakanda." Um, we we have a chance to see that, um, and hopefully, you know, as we go further, maybe they do explore that. So I I'm always optimistic in that sense that okay, we didn't get it here. Let's see how we will do it, and if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. Exactly. 
you know, take, and and I feel like, and I always tell people like, yeah, we may not got it there, but we do have it other places. We have, we have it in Black Lightning. Let's enjoy what we can, let's enjoy seeing it where we can see it. And then hopefully that is an influence to make sure that it increases in other places. So let's support what we have. I always say, like, let's not forget we got, we got it, we got it in Black Lightning. Let's support that. Let's make that successful. So therefore, when we, you know, look back at, um, Black Panther in the future, it's like, okay, you saw how that was taken, how we handle that with Black Lightning. Now, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, y'all have broke records. They may break records with, the, with that with those characters. Now it's, a, now it's back to you. It's like, skip me, reverse back to you. Skip me, reverse back to you. It's like that now. So, I'm optimistic, you know. Like, we, it's not like we don't have it. We do. But it would be nice to have seen um, and maybe, you know, that's, maybe we should trust the process. Maybe Ryan thought like, mm, maybe, maybe he cut it because he felt like, mm, this is not, it, maybe it didn't feel right. You know, in a sense, like it didn't, like it, it's not doing due diligence to the characters. So maybe uh-huh. he felt like, okay, well, maybe we'll put this, we'll figure it out. Or maybe in the director's cut, it will let you, let you, you see it for yourself. But I like to say that maybe they saw it and maybe they felt like, it's a possibility they felt like mm, this is not a good representation. Maybe we should take it out and then focus on making it better. So that's why I didn't want to jump on that train right away. I'm like, well, we don't really know what that process was because, you know, maybe somebody looked at, you know, like when you write something or whatever, you look at it like, mm, I'm going to change that. What I just said, you know, before you put it out in the public and maybe that was the situation. We don't know, but hopefully in the future they will make a better choice and, and really showcase those characters because they can and if that's really right. good then I want to see a really good version not just a slapped up version it's very true so I think that's about all for our review do we have anything else to add no I think we kind of covered everything we can think of with this movie again we we loved basically we loved the movie and I've already said to y'all I've seen it three times um and I feel like this, and I love the fact that it has broke. It's in the top five of, of top released films or what have you. Like it's, it has broke records, and it's changed the game about narratives. And you know, I really, I really, I feel bad because people have clowned the hell out of DC all this weekend, like literally, all this weekend. So I'm hoping that this will make DC think about their the black characters they have, you know, maybe darken up, uh, Vixen. You know, <laughs> I want her blue black. <laughs> yeah. I want her lacquer. Because the fact that they basically showed you dark skinned women in in powerful roles, so the fact it makes me look at CW how they lighten the hell out of her. It was like mm, you saw what you did, and you saw they bleached her fucking skin. Let's be honest, that that bitch was bleached. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying, y'all, if y'all do a movie or if you add her in the next. I don't know, Suicide Squad or wherever y'all gonna do. Do y'all make sure y'all do that? But if you're smart, um, y'all would you know what? Y'all could introduce Vixen in y'all new little what's that pay per view channel y'all about to have with Titans and other Titan, uh, shows that trying to make fetch happen, huh? Well, I guess, we'll see. But you know what? We haven't heard that much about that show lately. Maybe that's for a good thing. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you would think that after Marvel did this, y'all would be ready to, like, 
well, we ain't, like, you know, like, we got stuff, too. Like, y'all should be, like, trying to do something. And what y'all need to do is don't try to follow up with no cyborg movie. No, ma'am. That's not how you do it. What y'all need to do. Even though Ray Parker is fine. Um, He is, though. He is. Listen, this has been the first. This, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But we're keeping it real, though. We're keeping it real about that because y'all were thirsting. This basically, between thirst trap and everything, um, and Winston, what's his name? Winston Duke. Duke. I know his ego is just blown because um, we right. have, we have lifted him up to sure. the like. Yeah, he's huge. Okay, let me. You know what? <laughs> you can find us on, <laughs> on Twitter. I'm at Porter Bazaar's. Richard mm-hmm. that Wonder Man Five. Yes. The uh, Twitter, the podcast is all on also on Twitter at Megashine Pod. You can go to our website, like I said, MegashinePod.com. Read those articles. Give us some uh, comments on them. We love it. The podcast is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, anything else? No, that's it, y'all. If you haven't seen it, you better go out and see it. You got all this weekend. You got this week. You got right now. So go and see it. Um, and tell us what you thought about it, too. Yes. Well, until next time. All right. Bye. Bye.